When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home. But just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Do you believe in segregation? Would you ever join with white supremacists, Nazis, 
I would hope, sincerely, the answer to the first question is no, you don't believe in segregation. And I dang sure hope the answer to the second question is no, you would never be a Nazi. But, do you think all the people in the past who have wrongly believed in segregation were inherently evil? You think they were born evil, even if they turned out that way? Do you think every Nazi, every, I mean, the worst Nazi you can imagine, Himmler, do you think Himmler was evil when he came out of the womb? Prisons are a funny thing. Maybe funny is not the right way to describe that. Prisons are a fascinating thing to me. To everybody, I guess, because look, they're all over pop culture, movies, TV shows about them, books, because we are fascinated by them. Not just prisons here, prisons across the globe, prisons throughout history. You know, the book, Crime and Punishment. Locking someone up in a cell, torture, capital punishment, all these things. We find these things to be fascinating. And one of the things I have always found fascinating about them, one of the many, many things I've always found fascinating about them is how isolation how it affects other human beings, how devastating it is on human beings. And another big thing I like or find fascinating is, and this is going to sound terrible and doom and gloom, I don't mean to sound it that way, how hopeless it is. What a difficult task it is trying to figure out what the right thing to do is when it comes to prisoners. People complain all the time, endlessly, about our criminal justice system. It's too harsh. It's too soft. It's too this. It's too that. And what's amazing about it, and I'm not saying it could be both those things. I don't know. Every society in history has struggled with that. It's just something people struggle with. Why? Because sometimes there aren't good answers to questions. There aren't. What if I were to tell you maybe segregation in the United States prison system was a good thing? Let me explain. You've heard of the Aryan Brotherhood, no doubt. If you haven't, here's what you should know. It started in California in the 60s. We'll get back to that in a moment. But as of today, the Aryan Brotherhood, the white prison gang, they account for only about 1% of the prison population in the federal system, and they account for 25% of the murders. That is astounding. Absolutely astounding. You've heard of 
supermax prisons. Almost undoubtedly, you've heard of a supermax prison. You know, there was always maximum security prison, maximum security that. Now they have supermax prisons like the ADX. It's like the most secure prison in the United States of America. It's in Colorado. We're talking 23 hours a day locked up by yourself. They let you out for an hour still by yourself in a cage outside. You are, you are the worst of the worst. You're unfit to be around other human beings. Do you know why we have supermax prisons? The Aryan Brotherhood. Responsible for creating a brand new class of prison system. Now, how did they even come to be? Well, back in the 1960s, we desegregated the prison system. Which, on its surface, again, you always need to ask questions. Especially when something sounds nice. When something sounds nice and kind and tolerant, and when all your friends nod in approval, oh, oh, that sounds good. Oh, I like that. When all of society says, ooh, that's not obviously the right move, that is a great time for you to pause and go, wait a minute. And so when I say desegregation, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about a, a restaurant in the deep south that didn't let black people eat there, which is disgusting. But desegregating the prison system is a little different. You see, they desegregated the prison system in the 50s. And, well, there's not another way to put it. Prisons, prisoners, they operate on the most base level of human psychology. The most base level. There's extreme violence there, but there's extreme honesty there with how human beings associate with each other and with other human beings. And human beings, human beings, one, they want power over other human beings. They want to dominate. Two, they don't want to be dominated. They want to be protected. They want to feel safe. And three, Human beings will find other people in their area similar to themselves, and they will join together. Oftentimes, that's a skin color thing. As weird as that sounds to so many of us, oftentimes that's a fact. Oftentimes it's religion. Religion's a big one. You you Jews, don't you associate with other Jews? Yes, Chris, I'm talking about you. Christians out there, you Christians, don't don't you have lots of Christians in your friend circle? Maybe it's exclusively your friend circle, so it's not always skin color. Maybe you're just a hardcore political person. You Republicans out there, aren't most of your friends Republicans? Go to the local precinct committee meeting with you? Work on a campaign? Democrats, same thing? People associate with others who are like them. You desegregate the prison system. All of a sudden you have all all the Hispanic groups and black groups and white groups and everybody, everybody joins together. 
And what does the prison system look like in the 1960s? Well, because of so much poverty and crime in the black community and Hispanic community back then, and undoubtedly some racial injustice in the criminal justice system, uh, what percentage of the prison population is white versus what is black versus what is Hispanic? Yeah. The white guys are all of a sudden are the minority in prison. They are the minority. It's one of the reasons I find this to be so fascinating when you look at prison gangs. They are not only the minority, they are dominated and abused. And in a prison system surrounded by violent killers, you really, really, really do not want to be on the bottom rung of the ladder. Really do not want to be. So, what happened? Well, I'll explain. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know your home security system doesn't have to be complicated and expensive, right? That's the old days. That's 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I've got to line up an appointment and they've got to come out. You can go online right now on your phone if you want to and order your new security system. And no, it's not some junky one. It's incredible. It's simply safe. Simply safe is monitored 24/7 by a professional. And they have emergency emergency dispatch, and it starts at 50 cents a day. 50 cents a day. Have you even priced the other security companies? 50 cents a day is absurd. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash jesse. And when you do that, that gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. You see, the white guys were getting ganged up on in the prison system. They start getting together. They start realizing, man, we have small numbers here. We had better stick together and form our own gang. Now, this part I find to be fascinating, and I wish we we need to get a prison psychologist or someone on to describe this. Someone has to break this down for me. Why... Nazism. I, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bagging on, and that's kind of why I opened the show so darkly. Could you ever find yourself being a Nazi? Well, no, but I got to be honest. If I found myself in prison getting the daylights beaten out of me every day and somebody threatening my life, and the only hope I had was joining with a couple buddies over here, probably have to kind of go along with whatever they're doing, right? That's how this works, you realize. We have all these guys now. I saw this fascinating interview with a former Aryan Brotherhood guy named Michael Thompson. And they all talk about it for the same reasons. They all are like, I mean, I wasn't some Nazi. I joined and I was scared to death. (laughs) 
I'd like to not be beaten up anymore. But why, if you're a bunch of white dudes getting together, I always found that weird. Maybe it just means I I don't like Nazis. Thank goodness, Chris. But I always found that weird. Why Nazism? It's such an odd thing to rally around. I could see the white guys gathering together. All right, the black guys got together. The Mexican guys got together. Well, I should be more specific. The northern Mexicans got together and the southern Mexicans got together. It's very The prison gang system is fascinating. Very, very fascinating. So I get that they came together. My question was always, why Nazism? I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But maybe it comes down to simply this. Getting together for protection is understandable, but it's not enough. You have to have, or at least feel like you have, some other higher meaning, some other thing that binds you together. And I don't know why we humans need it, but don't we need it? Remember the Aztecs we talked about? How obviously they were a tribe. They were, you know, what what we would consider an Indian tribe of Mexico before the Spanish came in and wiped them out. And like so many of the other Indian tribes of Mexico, they were they were warlike. Some were peaceful, but they were very warlike. And their their culture was absolutely horrid. And I have no issue saying that. I don't care when people get mad at me for stuff like that. They sacrificed humans by the thousands, including children who they'd make to cry first. So it's absolutely horrid. But why? Somebody, somewhere, when they got together for protection in the beginning of that tribe, and we'll never know the reasons because it was so long ago, but when they got together, they decided, well, we've got to rally around something. Why don't we cut someone's heart out? It's such a bizarre thing, isn't it? But people choose some really crazy things to rally around. So I always wondered about that, about Nazism, what the purpose of that was. But they start their own Aryan Brotherhood Nazi thing in the 60s in the California penitentiary. And... Almost immediately, because they are still small in number, they focus on extreme violence. They focus on making sure their guys are extremely strong. They have workout programs. They have a constitution. They have a form they have to sign. I'm not making this up, saying you will die if you leave. You will obviously die if you rat on somebody. You will die if you're given an order and don't carry it out. There's a lot of dying. And they are so violent. And they do things like when they kill a guy, they cut his head off. Things like that because they feel like they need to be. And... They're just naturally violent anyway. And the prison system quickly realizes as this spreads, they have an issue. Now you've got Aryan 
Brotherhood guys in California and Aryan Brotherhood guys in Texas. These are state prison systems. The one of Texas is called the ABT. They're still around today. And you realize you have a real issue with this new Nazi movement in prison. They are dominating and they are also assaulting and killing prison guards. Now you have to figure out what to do with them. Well, what do you do? What's a good solution if your state prison system is being overrun, being pushed around by these guys? Well, somebody had the brilliant idea. Let's move the really bad problematic guys to the more secure federal prison system. Makes sense, right? Does it, though? Can you see, can you take a quick moment before I elaborate and wonder, can you figure out why it would be a problem to move somebody like, oh, Barry Mills, who's one of the big, big, big big-time Aryan Brotherhood leaders, can you see why it would be a problem to move that man from a state system to the federal system while your time is up. Did you destroy the ideology before you moved him to the federal system? What do you think he's going to do when he gets to the federal system? Yeah. Now you've just moved the AB from just a state regional thing to the federal system and the federal system goes all over the country You've taken the virus from just being in your finger and injected it into your heart. Now it's across the nation. I should mention while we're on the subject, I say they're separate. You know, Aryan Brotherhood of California, Aryan Brotherhood of Texas, the federal AB. They're they're very much allies and friends. They're not. It's not as if they're enemies. They just have separate you know leadership structures. And you've moved them now in the federal system. Well, here's what happens as we move along. Other prisoners fear them. Other prison gangs fear them. Prison guards fear and loathe them. There's this terrible story, and I'm not going to give you the names and stuff like that, because I don't like doing that sometimes, about this Aryan Brotherhood guy being marched from the showers back to his cell walks up to another cell, sticks his hands in the cell where the guy in the cell had a handcuff key, undoes his cuffs, lifts up his shirt, has a shank in his underwear. The AB guy pulls it out, kills the first prison guard, and more, almost, almost mortally wounds the other two. That's what they do. And that guy got a big fat promotion when he did it. So other prison prisoners are scared of him. Prison gangs are scared of him. Prison guards are scared of him. And a funny thing happened when it comes to this gang. A thing that is going to sound very, very familiar to anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time. What generally happens when a group of people get together for protection, for whatever reason. And this group of people figure out that they have a lot of power. What generally happens every single time? Well, eventually, well, I'll explain in a sec.
You need some Raycon earbuds. I was never an earbud guy, and this is why I wasn't an earbud guy, because I had owned two or three pair before, and they're uncomfortable. They stink to wear around, they're uncomfortable, and they're expensive, so I just kind of wrote them off, and then I had friends start telling me, hey, man, you should try the Raycons, you should try the Raycons, and initially I was just, oh, no, I just, no, I'm not earbuds, I'm not earbuds. Finally, they convinced me, go get yourself some Raycons. One, they cost like half of the other expensive earbuds. Two, they've officially made me an earbud guy, at least if they're Raycon earbuds, because they're so comfortable in my ears. And they're not big and gaudy. They're just these little things fit right in your ears. I can wear them walking. I can wear them driving. I wear. I can wear them jogging if I want. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off your earbuds. Racial stuff gets ugly. It's extremely ugly. And once the Aryan Brotherhood got powerful enough, about the 1990s, they started looking around and realizing, why don't we just start making a bunch of money? And it's wild to me more people don't know about this, but they are behind prison bars what you think the American mafia is out here. They run the drug trade and things like that. You know John Gotti, the famous Teflon Don, who's dead now, I think he died of throat cancer. The famous Teflon Don gets sent to federal prison. At one point gets in some kind of altercation with a black prisoner. I forget the guy's name. I think it was Walter Johnson. That might not be right. John Gotti gets beaten up. Apparently this dude was huge, gigantic, and scary. John Gotti reportedly paid the Aryan Brotherhood between three and 400000 to kill this guy in retribution. The second prison officials found out about it, they removed the guy and sent him out to a protective custody place. This huge dude, they were like, oh, he's going to die. Let's, uh, let's help him. Then guess who John Gotti paid for protection for the rest of his time? Very, very, very powerful. And then, according to the rumors, Gotti helped the Aryan Brotherhood set up networks, smart criminal enterprises outside of the prison system because once you get powerful enough, you look around and decide you can make a lot of money even once you're gone. Saw an interview with the guy. He said he was talking about the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas. And one of the major, major highways for you people not in Texas is I-35, especially through Dallas. It cuts right through the heart of it, I-35. He said if you stopped off and got anything illegal off I-35 for a long period of time, drugs, prostitutes, whatever it may be, That money was going in my pocket. They controlled entire sections of major highways. You see, so often, so often, 
a crushed, scared minority of the population can and will join together understandably for protection. Their hardships and their minority status will create hard men. Those hard men will begin to rise because they're hard men. Hard men rise and soft men fall. But we're all seeking power in the end, every single one of us, as a human species. It is the nature of the beast. And eventually that powerful minority of the Aryan Brotherhood grew into a monster. A monster they still can't control to this day. Really funny. A couple fascinating things that I found as I was digging into all this stuff. One, they call themselves Aryan Brotherhood and Nazis. And their biggest partner is the Mexican Mafia. <laughs> they call them La M.A. They're one of, they're one of if not the biggest population-wise prison gangs out there. And the Serenos, that's the Southern Mexicans. And the Sinaloa Cartel. And the Hells Angels. I guess Barry Mills, one of the founding members of the Aryan Brotherhood, or I should say one of the guys who got it big. He was huge. He had a huge fascination with Vikings and prison and uh, outlaw bikers and things like that. Their big rivals, the Aryan Brotherhood's big rivals, are the Black Gorilla family, the BGF. We need to do a show on the Black Gorilla family at one point. They started long ago, decades ago. They're a black Marxist-Leninist movement, a black power movement, kind of like a Black Panther type thing. But isn't it so weird and funny how all these ideologies merged? Wait, there's a black Marxist-Leninist movement? Another rival of the Aryan Brotherhood is the Nuestra Familia. That's the northern Mexicans in the Norteños. Those are, those are mainly California groups. The Bloods and the Crips and so on and so on. But I find the race divide of the prison system to be very revealing of human nature. The ugly part of human nature, because nobody wants that, right? I mean, I would hope. I certainly, I certainly hope. I mean, I guess there's always a chance you do. Maybe you need to examine your heart a little bit. But the race divide of human nature. And I see the direction this country is going, and I think it's absolutely horrible, man. I see a new racist being created every single day of every color. I do. I see it. It's right in front of me. I'm starting to hear it. I'm starting to see more white people, more black people say things you'd never thought they'd say a couple months ago. Because of these horrible tensions. And doesn't it strike you as a little odd and a little gross that all this is coming from what was sold as some kind of inequality movement? What equality? Equality? You can get fired from your job for saying all lives matter. That doesn't sound like equality. The Washington Redskins are changing their name today. It was just announced. They're changing their name. So 
Let me understand this. I'm just trying to understand this here. Are equality, treat every skin color equally movement is going to result in more dead black people in these poor urban neighborhoods as fewer, fewer cops come, fewer cops exist as we defund the police. So black people in these poor neighborhoods already stuck there are already going to be victimized more by the criminals there. So we undoubtedly, without question, nobody can even argue it. At the end of this, we will have worse living conditions for black people and we're going to blot out any references from Indians in pop culture. And that's, that's progress. That's advancement. They took the Indian lady off the Lando Lakes butter box. That's progress. And I hear people say, and it is true. I hear people say things like, well, most black people don't want that. Most Indians don't want that. Yes, but that is the problem. You just nailed the problem. In America, because we have made victim the highest possible calling, we now, we let our most miserable, whiny people run our society. They run our society. It's not as if we're the first nation in the world or the history of the world that has a bunch of malcontents who are always whining about something. Every nation has always had that. The difference is Western society now. It's not just America. Britain's going through it. A lot of people are going through it. Western society has now decided that it's society that society itself is evil, that Western society is evil, and that the victims should call the shots. That's the problem. We're letting the wrong people call the shots. Ooh, I have I have a couple other things. One of them's really gross when it comes to prison. Hang on a sec. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Quote, I couldn't believe we were being evicted from our home that we did not sell. End quote. That is an actual quote from a lady named Deborah. Do you know why she got evicted from her home? Do you know she didn't do anything wrong? She got evicted from her home because cyber criminals got a hold of her home title, which is online, just like yours. It's online. They took a loan out against it. She ended up being responsible for because it's her home. All of a sudden, she doesn't have a home anymore. I have been warning you time and again about this crime. I've been warning you to go get home title lock now. Please do this. You can use the code Jesse. It gets you 30 free days of it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and get protected. HomeTitleLock.com. 
You know, I don't think I'd ever want to talk into a toilet, but do you know they talk into toilets in prison, Chris? Not even making this up. They scoop the water out of the toilets, and you can talk into the toilet, and if the other guy has the water scooped out of his and he sticks his head into the toilet, he can listen. Isn't that disgusting? And they write each other secret messages on letters with their own pee. I know, Chris, it's gross. So they'll write a letter out, but they don't mean anything in it, and then write a message on the letter in pee with their finger. Ew. They send it to somebody. That somebody warms up the letter, heats up the letter, and the P reveals the secret message. Might start doing that around the house or something. Disgusting, isn't it? And they have all these codes when they write letters to each other because the commission or the various leadership of the various gangs, they're obviously most of them locked away and heavy, heavy solitary confinement, and they know every letter they give or receive will be read several times over. They say they come up with these advanced codes, and this prison guard I was listening to, he said it's actually hilarious because the federal prison system just brings in the military signals unit and breaks all the codes pretty much right away. <laughs> uh, that's all today, just kind of a, kind of a, Kind of an odd duck of a day, but I was doing a bunch of prison stuff this weekend, and I thought maybe people will find prison gangs and stuff as fascinating as I do. What, Chris? Chris asked what I mean by doing a bunch of prison stuff. No, what happened? See, this is generally, people want to know how the magic happens on the show. And I understand that when you're blown away by this kind of brilliance on a daily basis from the Shogun. It can get easy, you know, it can get really, really easy to get kind of sucked in and wonder, man, he's such a fascinating, brilliant person. What, Chris? He's such an amazing human being. We should figure out how he does it. Um, It's kind of not as impressive as you think. I will have a random thought pop into my head. And so I'll look something up generally on the internet, or maybe I'll look and see if there's a documentary on it and I'll start watching. And if it interests me, I just run with it and hope to everything that it also interests you. There is nothing more deep than that. There's nothing more intricate than that. Whenever something pops in my head, I say to myself, oh, that's interesting. And I actually saw a headline about some Aryan Brotherhood guys convicted of murder, whatever it may be. And I got to thinking, wow, that's really fascinating. Because I find it's it's not exactly news that Nazism is so awful. I'm curious who's attracted to it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that's so terrible. I can see some ideologies being attractive. Honestly, I can see Marxism being attractive to a lot of people. That's why a lot, I can't. On paper, it doesn't look that bad. Now, I think it's the most evil thing ever, and I hate it, but I can see it on paper being not that bad. Nazism? That's just awful. I don't understand. I guess I don't understand the appeal. I can understand the appeal of a lot of things I hate, like Marxism. 
I don't understand looking at Nazism and thinking, oh, man, that's right. That's absolutely right. I don't know, Chris. Maybe you people just inspire that kind of thing. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. That's funny. But I, I don't get the appeal. But clearly people do. And while we're on the subject, you know how it was formed. We just went over all that, why it was formed. I see this way of thinking on the right about what comes next after Trump. And I see this because I saw, and it made all kinds of headlines today, that the Brazil's president, I can't say his name, Bolasaros or something like that, Brazil's president, he's this real, you know, nationalist guy, right-wing guy, real nationalist guy, tough-talking dude. He got caught saying privately that masks are, and I quote, for homos. Well, in this day and age, that is a big, big, big deal. As you can imagine, people were furious about it, even though that's kind of a Brazil macho thing. I mean, people were furious about it. And as I looked at it, Not that I encourage you to run around saying the word homos, but as I looked at it, you know what occurred to me? It occurred to me that is the direction the Republican Party is probably going, and this is what I mean by that. The current Republican Party is so weak, too weak to stand up to something like Black Lives Matter by name, almost inevitably, how many examples of this throughout history can you find The next version, maybe even rougher around the edges. Does that make sense? The next version can get real, real rough. If you don't do your job, if you don't step up and protect all the people out there who are scared right now, there is no guarantee that the next guy isn't an absolute monster. Hang on. Ebb sleep has completely changed things for me. I have to confess something to you. This is a little bit embarrassing. It's going to make me sound old and boring. I went to bed at 8.45 last night. I'm not making that up. I went to bed at 8.45 last night. Why? Because going to bed now is such a relaxing, restful, peaceful thing because of ebb sleep. There's no tossing and turning. I don't go to bed and think to myself, oh, gosh, I'm going to be up all night again. I can't, I can't just turn my mind off. No, ebb sleep is a wearable device that calms down those racing thoughts that go through your head, puts you asleep, and keeps you asleep. You will, like me, all of a sudden look forward to bedtime again. Try ebb.com slash Jesse. That's try ebb.com slash Jesse. Use the promo code Jesse. I don't think I want to write my name in P, Chris. Isn't that so gross? Hearing these uh, prison guard stories, and I was reading these prison guard stories, 
don't know why I got off on prisons today, but hearing these prison guard stories, how common it is to have every kind of fluid that comes out of your body thrown on them blows me away the people who choose to do that. It's not as if the pay is great. Who chooses to be a prison guard? Surrounded by these people at all times, who chooses that? It absolutely floors me. It floors me people willingly do that. I mean, I guess we should be grateful they do. We should be dang grateful they do. Someone has to. You know what we need, Chris? We need a prison like one of those big pits in uh, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. That one was sweet, right? I think that's... A, I'm almost positive that's a real prison that exists, but they don't they don't use it anymore. I think it, I think it exists in Turkey or something. That might be right. I don't know if the climb to freedom is real, Chris, but in my mind it is. That's what matters. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris has asked for a status update on the sunroof. Let me tell you what, Chris, I forget where I left off with everyone, but I lucked out big time. Remember, it was $2,900. I wasn't going to pay it. Call the old man on the way to go get it. And the old man tells me what a moron I am. Just get the truck fixed. You know, he's yelling at me. The wife calls or I, I talk to her and she says, yeah, get the truck fixed. I'm not doing it. I show up with every intention of picking up the truck, taking it home, and scotch taping tinfoil to the sunroof. Shut up, Chris. I didn't have a better solution, even though somebody emailed in and said I should spray paint it black, which would have been sweet. But I don't think I should probably spray paint my truck for fear that that will probably affect the resale value just a hair. But I show up to get my truck. No charge, right? They do a free estimate. They didn't fix the sunroof, but they did get the cover closed. So why would I ever get it checked now? All I cared about was the cover closing. I'm not going to open the sunroof. I don't need to open the sunroof. When I take it in to trade it in, what I'm going to do is what any red-blooded American will do. I'm going to find a salesman who lacks morals, who will not relay the information that the sunroof is broke. I'm not going to lie. You can't do that. But I'm going to find a salesman who will not relay the broken sunroof information back to the service department so they can't give him an estimate on what it's going to cost. So they then can't reduce that off my truck. The same thing happened my last truck. 
And I didn't find. Did I ever tell you this story, Chris? Never found out why. So my last truck. Now, granted, it was older. I'm not a car guy. The wife and I were talking about this this weekend. I'm just not a car guy. Some dude drove by us in some Mercedes. I'd never seen a Mercedes like this in my life. It was a Mercedes, and it looked like almost like a Ferrari. It looked like some kind of racing car thing. It was really sweet looking. Don't get me wrong. But she asked me. She said, "Look, if you ever, if you ever, uh, if you ever make it big, I mean, bigger than I've already made it." Chris, she was talking about money wise. She's like, "If you ever make it big." Would you ever get something like that or get a, do you have some fancy car, some fantasy car, Rolls Royce, Mercedes, whatever, Maserati, all these different things. And honestly, I don't, I I'm such a simple human being. Now I'm a disassociated sociopath. And so there's a lot of negatives that come with being that, but the positives are when I say I don't really care about material stuff. I genuinely do not now. There are a few things I need in my car, so maybe I should be more specific. I must have room because I'm so big. Otherwise, it physically hurts after a while to drive since I'm 38 now, not 28 anymore. I must have an incredible air conditioning. I have to have a four-wheel drive or at least all-wheel drive. I grew up in Montana. I just won't have a car without it. Shut up, Chris. Decent speakers are fine, although I don't need some fancy stereo system. And I need Bluetooth. I have to have it. Well, I guess now not. Now that I have my Raycon earbuds, I don't need that as much anymore. But before I have my Raycon earbuds, I needed Bluetooth because I talk on the phone and or listen to things off my phone. Like I said, the Raycon earbuds kind of took care of that, but I have to listen to things on the road and I have to talk to people on the road and I'm not going to hold my phone up to my ear like some kind of pilgrim. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But other than that, I don't need much. Yes, I like some speed. My truck has one of those twin turbo things and it moves, boy. And I mean, it moves. I get in my wife's uh, SUV. It's not a bad SUV. And it, it feels like I'm putzing along in a wheelbarrow compared to mine. Mine moves. And I like that, but it's not super necessary. I just don't need a nice car, a really nice ritzy car. I can't see myself ever driving anything but a pickup truck. Maybe a big car. Maybe a Cadillac. Is a Cadillac considered fancy, Chris? It is? How much are Cadillacs? They're a lot of money? Like 50 grand? More than 50 grand? I don't want an Escalade, Chris. I'm not a rapper. How much will uh, how much will an Escalade like car or an Escalade version of a car, a Cadillac car? How much are those? Okay. Let's see. Uh, maybe a Cadillac or something, but I just don't need a lot from a car. Anyway, I got distracted. Quit distracting me, Chris. I was telling a story. My last truck was not great. It really was. <laughs> it had a working Bluetooth. I didn't have my Raycon earbuds yet. It had a working Bluetooth. It had air conditioning and it was okay. But eventually, AC stops working. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty good under the hood. Shut up, Chris. 
So uh, what I did was I did a YouTube video for how to add coolant to my truck. And again, it is incredible. Look at your phone right now, or at least think about your phone and realize this. You are the wisest person ever to live, ever to live when you hold this phone in your hands. When it comes to when it what Chris is looking at my Jesse Kelly phone case with my own picture on it. When it comes to access to information, there's nothing you can't access. I've virtually nothing. You can see a video, an article, everything on this with with a couple seconds. Anyway, I digress. My truck, the AC is not working. I know I've got a problem. I look it up. It says add coolant. If that works, you're good to go as long as it stays working. So I go to, uh, I think it was AutoZone, maybe O'Reilly Auto Parts. I go get some coolant. I add the coolant by myself to my truck. Chris, in your stupid face with building your engines and stuff, I add coolant to my truck. Get back in. Whoo, she's good to go. All right. That's a load off. Get back in my truck the next day. Doesn't work anymore. Now, I know enough to know now that's a, I'm in trouble. That's a very, very serious problem. I go have the guy look at it. He says, oh, yeah, you have a crack in your AC. And I'm not understanding how these things work. I say, oh, okay, how much is that going to cost me? He says, it's going to cost $1,500. $1,500. And these car repairs, man, I'm, I tell you what. I can't take this anymore. I had a buddy one time. He was a guy I was in the Marine Corps with. He went to Mercedes's mechanic school when he got out. I'm not sure if he's still doing that now, but he went to Mercedes's mechanic school. And he, as, as such, he got all the ins and outs of the mechanic industry. He said, Jesse, if I were you and every guy on earth, I'd go to mechanic school at night just to figure out how to fix your car because it is a fraction of the cost if you can fix it yourself. A fraction. Anyway, be that as it may. So $1,500 is not something I even have at this point in time when I have to fix my truck. I mean, I can take out a loan or something for it, which we're going to get to in a moment because I have and had great credit. No big deal. I pay my bills, not trying to brag or anything. So I don't have $1,500 that I can just blow on this. I have bills pay, mortgage, everything else, wife, kids, you know. I decide, you know what? I'm going to do the smart thing. Well, smart or not, I'm going to take it in, trade it in, and get a truck that's not going to break on me every five seconds. This is, this, this, is, this is more trouble than it's worth. I take it in with the sales guy. Oh, shoot. I'm out of time. Give me just one second. Jesse Kelly returns next. Got my truck back, picked it up from the shop, turned it on this morning to drive into the studio and my Bluetooth hooked up to the truck. And I gotta be honest, I reached over and disabled the truck's Bluetooth. It's not that I don't like the Bluetooth in my truck. 
but I already had my Raycon earbuds in. In fact, I walked out of the house with them. In fact, when I got out of the shower, I popped them right in and started listening to my show I was listening to this morning and listened to that as I got ready. They're that comfortable. You will find yourself with them in all the time. And the earbuds, the little earbud pieces, because every eardrum is different, they have different sizes they ship to you with the Raycon earbuds. I love these stinking things. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off your order. Now, I take it in, busted AC to trade it in. Let's sit down with this salesman who will go unnamed. And I sit down, and again, I'm not, I, I would feel like I was stealing. I may be a disassociated sociopath, but I can't lie. So I sit down. Well, I mean, I can lie, but I can't, I can't steal. I cannot steal, and I would feel like I was stealing. So I sit down with him, and I tell him, Hey, man, AC's busted. I have a crack at it. He said, all right, well, we're going to try to get you as much as we possibly can for it. Now, this is a time you should know I'm in sales. I'm actually a sales manager of an RV dealership at this time. I know all the tricks. I know all the language. Now, you would think that would make me a nightmare to uh, sell to. I'm actually easy. To sell to, I walk into a dealership because I actually want my salesman to make a little money on me. I get much better customer service after the fact. Much better. You people who walk out, I've I've been shopping at 95 different places. And if if you don't give me this at next to nothing, I'm going to drive up to Michigan and get it from a wholesale. You know what? That's fine, buddy. But that guy's going to ignore your calls from now on. Plus, his time's worth something too, right? You look at salesmen like they're second-class citizens. That's how he feeds his wife and kids. That's how he pays his mortgage is selling you something with some profit in it. I walk in. I know what a fair price is. You're not going to rip my head off. You're not going to rip me off. I'm not going to beat you to death until you steal it from me. I generally know exactly or close to exactly what I want when I walk in the door. I told him very frankly, this is the truck I want. Bring me back a fair price. I'll make sure I buy it. I'll buy it today. I'll buy it from you. However, you have, from the moment we agree on a price, one hour, and I'm walking out the door. One hour, because this is what the car companies do. For some reason, they've not found a way to streamline this process. Once you decide on one, they take you two, three hours. And I told him, and I was emphatic about it. And I went with my buddy who just wanted to see what truck I was going to buy. He was laughing. I told him, you have one hour, and I started a stopwatch. And every time I'd see him, I said, you got 42 minutes. You got 33 minutes. He was practically running across the dealership, letting him know. And I meant it, too. I was walking out that door. Now, I sit down with him, though, initially. I tell him about the AC once I pick out my truck. He said, all right, no, that's fine. Uh, do you have your keys? And I wasn't really thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. He said, give me those. I got to take them back to the service department because he has to get the truck looked at. Right? No big deal. I hand him the keys. 
takes off, comes back, gives me what looks to be a really good price for my truck. Can't figure it out. I get a hold of a guy I know in their sales department later. He took my truck that I said had a bad AC. He went and bought some coolant like I just had. He juiced the coolant up himself before he took it back to the sales de- to the service department to analyze my truck. Now, my conscience is 100% clear because I told him I didn't do it wrong. Man, did he do them dirty something fierce. Something fierce. <laughs> I mean, they're going to start that truck and someone's going to have to fix it for 1500 bucks. But he got the sale and it is what it is. Now, back to the sales thing. Let me explain something to you. I don't know what this is. I don't know why this is, but anytime I ever sold an RV to somebody and made a good profit on it, the dude was almost always cool as can be, would come back and buy from me again. Every time the guy called or texted me, I answered or got back to him with the problem. And universally, Any guy who walked in, it's almost always with his wife or his girlfriend. There wasn't even an age thing on it. Some people were just this way. You're going to give me a great price. Always trying to show up and show off and so on. And they'll beat you down and beat you down and beat you down. And look, lots of times he does. Lots of times he gets a great number. I block his number in my phone the second he drives off. They'd call and complain about it. Don't call me, buddy. I'm not here, your salesman, whoever your salesman is, furniture, car, RV, whatever the case may be, you want a good sales experience, and you should get a good sales experience. Don't go to anybody who won't give you one of those. But you should understand, they're not running a charity. Their time is how they feed their families. Meaning this, I know some of you do this, and you mean well when you do it. Don't walk into a car dealership, RV dealership, with no intention to buy for a long time and make somebody take up hours of their day giving you a tour of everything. I actually had some lady walk in one time and said, I don't know nothing about no RVs. Can you show me them? No. I, I almost got in trouble for that one too because I told her, no. I'm, and she asked why. And I said, I'm not a tour guide. I don't give RV tours. I sell RVs. Are you planning on buying one today or in the near future? Well, no, I just want to see them. You won't show them to me? No, I will not. I will not. So I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But just know this as a public service announcement for all of my salesmen out there. It used to be what I did for four or five years. I mean, I wasn't a salesman when I was a kid. Value his time too, or her time. That's another human being. That's another human being. That human being, that human being has bills to pay just like you pay them. 
Don't they? Do you want people to come take up your time? All right. Enough of that for now. Time to get in more trouble today, Chris. It is time to talk about the bane of our society. The true tyrants in our society. The people almost exclusively responsible for ripping apart Western society. No, Chris, it's not the people who put ketchup on mac and cheese, although, man, is that they are way up there, buddy. They are, why do people do that? Is disgusting. Who takes the delicious, cheesy, perfect mac and cheese and puts ketchup on them? If you're looking for a little tang on them, maybe a little hot sauce is okay. I'll do that on occasion. You don't taint mac and cheese with ketchup. And I see people do this. I'm telling you what. Oh, gosh. It makes me so freaking angry. Stop doing that to your mac and cheese. Are you a Kraft mac and cheese man, Chris? I'm a Kraft mac guy. I don't like to brag about the fancy foods I eat, but I'm a Kraft mac guy. You like it, but you like your homemade one better. Do you bake your homemade one? Chris bakes his homemade one. That's hilarious. What a loser. Baked mac and cheeses suck. They almost all bake mac and cheeses suck, Chris, because the cheese, it doesn't get creamy enough anymore. You pull it out, and it's too rubber. You know I'm right. Yes, I mean in the oven. What do you think I mean baked? I'm not saying you give it weed. That's Chris, you idiot. If you make it on the stovetop, you're not baking it more. Yes, I know you cook it, idiot. I'm baking is in the oven. If you make it on the stovetop, you don't bake it. Gosh, jeez, I can't deal with this stupidity. Hang on, I'll be right back. People are being evicted from their homes because of this crime. If you don't believe me, look it up yourself. The FBI is freaking out about home title theft. They're not freaking out about identity theft. They've found ways to make that right and get it fixed. They're not freaking out about credit card theft. Home title theft is the online criminal enterprise right now. Your home title to your home. It's not a piece of paper. It exists digitally now, online, which means these cyber criminals can get their hands on it like that and completely destroy you financially. How would you like a letter in the mail saying your home isn't yours anymore? Pack up and move. It's happening. Don't let it happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code JESSE when you're there. That gets you 30 days of free protection. Joining me now, as he does every single Monday at this time, host of Your Welcome, Michael Malice. Michael Malice, 
Explain to me how we got to a place in our society how the dumbest, weakest, whiniest people are the ones who run the show instead of just ignoring them like we used to do. Are your producers really that bad? <laughs> you know, I think they're very nice and competent. That's, that's mean. That is mean. That's very mean, Michael, and also hilarious. Um, I don't think that I think it's a very dangerous conservative perspective to think that the people who are running the show are dumb. Now, it is very much the case that very often the people who are the public face of what is happening are dumb and are there basically to serve a role, much like actors. An actor who's playing Einstein need not be intelligent whatsoever. But I think there's been a lot of Angela Merkel, a lot of these international world leaders. There's lots of things you could say about them, but stupid is uh, you say that at your own risk because they've been very systemic and they're they're very educated uh, and they're very ruthless in terms of maintaining their control of power. I admit they are ruthless. I know they are relentless. But who are these intelligent people then? Who is the man behind the man? Who are they? Because I can't find them. I see a bunch of idiots all marching the same direction. Yeah, I honestly don't think that either of us are privy to this. I mean, we see what the New York Times tell us, and we see what Fox News tells us, and we see what our friends tell us via social media and independent reporters who do so much of the great work that the corporate press cannot. But the people in those smoke-filled rooms, like historically the ones who picked Warren Harding to be the nominee in 1920 for the Republican Party, I don't think you and I really do have any sort of awareness of who these people are and where they congregate. And as soon as we speculate... There is an enormous stigma by design in our culture that now you're Alex Jones, now it's a conspiracy theory. Look, we know inevitably that powerful people will work together, they'll work together in private, that they're not interested in the opinions of the average person, and on some level, you can't blame them. But as soon as you point this out, you become a conspiracy theorist, which is a term that basically means racist, which means I don't like you. Uh, you. We had three years of a Russian conspiracy, and yet they will still use the phrase conspiracy theorist as a derogatory term without really referring to anything in reality. What is Donald Trump's second term if he can't get very much done in his first term? I mean, let's be honest. We're happy with the judges and all that and and all that other stuff. But what? We got a little tax cut. There's no none of the other things people on the right uh, care about actually get done because he's hemmed in on all sides. And I don't think obviously he's been perfect. I've been furious with him for a few months. But when you're that surrounded, what can he even do? Why does it matter? Well, I had a tweet and I said uh, the right wing criticism of Donald Trump or fears of Donald Trump were more accurate than the leftist fears of Donald Trump. The right wing fears during the campaign is this guy's not ideologically committed. Yeah, it's great that he upsets the right people, but is he going to be able to push through, you know, conservative ideas? And for lack of whatever reason, like you said, he has not been able to do so. But. There is one possibility other than cultural change and and change through social media and um, alternative spaces, which is this. If you get that 7-2 Supreme Court majority, a lot of things that uh, the Supreme Court, the people who are the right wingers, are far more right wing than Republican Congress people who are on some level have to uh, reply the press. So if you have Supreme Court striking down laws and then you have Congress basically saying, well, nothing we could have done about it. That is a very possible metric 
to move forward in a direction that people who are constitutionalists would like. And we saw this with Citizens United. This was a decision that involved a film about Hillary Clinton, and they struck down all uh, political speech laws. They went struck down 100 years of case law. So I, I and they were willing to strike down Obamacare with one vote, which Roberts had switched. They hadn't struck down a government program since the 1930s. So the and the Heller decision, which demonstrated once and for all that gun rights are an individual right. These are three huge things that a, a conservative majority on the Supreme Court can build in a direction the left can't wrap their heads around because no Republican is advocating for these things. No Republican said, let's repeal all political speech laws. But that ended up happening via the Supreme Court. Why are you an anarchist? For those of you new to Michael Malice on my show or just otherwise, he is not a conservative. He calls himself an anarchist. Why? What about that ideology appeals to you? Because... First of all, I personally am not in a position to tell you how to live your life. I could give you advice, and I respect your opinion, and vice versa. And second, it is always immoral to coerce people to do things that you would want them to do and not respect them as a human being and respect their individual rights. Okay, then what about tribes, nations, cultures? Isn't there something to that? That's the history of the world. No one's for. Are you being an American because of gunpoint? I I crossed the sea. I was born in the Soviet Union. I'm here through choice and through pride. I'm ecstatic that I'm an American because I've had so many great opportunities. Uh, I'm not here because I'm being forced to be here. And in fact, it's the government, which is an aspect of this country which I abhor, which I've done everything in my power to fight, which makes me a real American. This country was founded on fighting and overthrowing the government. Where are we going with these lockdowns, Michael? I said from the beginning they were stupid, they were insane, they were unconstitutional, poorly poorly thought out, and they're wrecking this society and this economy, and now it's become accepted they are what we just do now. Anytime there's a flare-up, where does this end? When does this end? Uh, the day after Election Day it ends. Oof. Because this is a technique to uh, gin up anger at the Republican Party. It was inevitable there were going to be COVID deaths. They're obviously escalating the numbers in terms of anyone who died having COVID is being accounted as a COVID death, even though the death rates are decreasing. Uh, infection. If everyone has COVID and no one dies from it, is that really a problem? So the death rates are decreasing, but they don't care. So this is basically to say no matter what, if, if the lockdowns were ineffective, it would be Trump ruined the economy by locking us up. If the lockdowns were effective, it's like, well, too many people died. Uh, where that too many number comes from, they don't know. Uh, the point is this is a very effective tool. Uh, you know, fears of disease are very primal in terms of turning the population against whoever uh, the governing body happens to be. And notice there's no talk about Andrew Cuomo and how he forced nursing homes. Mm. Uh, who are the most vulnerable population, to take in sick people back into social proximity. That's not a big concern. So it's never about what they claim it's about. It's always about maintaining their hold on power and a monopoly on the conversation. What's your favorite food? Pink bubblegum ice cream, and I had it yesterday for my birthday. Pink bubblegum ice cream? Are you 12? It's as sweet as you, Jesse. (laughs) Are we going to war with China? No, do you really think that's a possibility? I think there's no possibility of this. And by the way, in all seriousness, my heart uh, and my prayers go to the people of Hong Kong because what's going on there 
and it, the, the underreporting of it in the West, because you can't really blame it on Trump in America specifically, uh, is really uh, unconscionable. It, it, it's very scary what's being done to those people uh, and how brazenly China's flexing its muscle. Well, let's be honest. It's underreported in the West because most of the media outlets in the West are rooting for China. Yeah, in some level, yes. I don't think that's inaccurate. On some level, they are. Michael Malice, host of Your Welcome. I appreciate you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Talk soon, Jesse. Be good. Bubblegum ice cream. Are you a big ice cream man, Chris? No? I like ice cream. I'm I'm okay with it. Like and I know this is gonna sound really boring. I like vanilla. I just like what, Chris? Quit and you know what? I resent I resent this cultural thing that's happening that's happened where people say vanilla. As if totally plain. It's not plain. Vanilla is in and of itself a flavor. Have you ever had Mexican vanilla? It's the best thing in the world. For you people who are not in Texas, get online right now. Whatever store you shop at in order, you can order the extract of it. It's called Mexican vanilla. No, I wasn't insulting anybody. It's a, it's a real thing that exists. It's sweeter and stronger. Phenomenal. I had a Mexican vanilla milkshake one time. Best thing I've ever had. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You do lots of things, I know, to take care of your home security. You lock your doors at night. You close your windows at night. Maybe you have a dog. Maybe you have a weapon. Why on earth have you not gotten a hold of Simply Safe yet? Simply Safe is right there. The cost is absurd. You can get it for as little as 50 cents a day. And it's monitored 24-7 by a professional with emergency dispatch services. You go online, you pick whatever you want, the box comes to you, you open it, place the sensors, plug it in, and boom, your home is protected by a monitored alarm system. There's a reason this company's reviews are off the charts. Stop taking chances, please, especially with this world right now. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. The bane of Western society. Suburban women. true. I'm not even kidding. It is true. We have somehow allowed suburban women, the wives of middle to upper class men, we have somehow allowed them to completely control the United States of America. And it has been an absolute utter disaster, a disaster. They seek out protection because that's their instinct. 
They seek out more government almost all the time. They watch way, way, way too much normal television. I don't mean they sit around. I'm not, not indicting anybody for laziness. I just mean, that, you know, NBC News, the Today Show is on in the background. The View's on in the background. Do you know how misinformed and poisonous it is to consume that information? Do you know how slanted and twisted you will be if you consume that information? Do you know this Black Lives Matter movement? It got all the juice it needed from suburban women. The coronavirus lockdowns, everybody's freaking out about now. The coronavirus lockdowns I warned about from the very, 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 very beginning. Guess where they got all their juice from? Scared suburban women. Worried about little Billy. Worried about young Braden and Aiden and Hayden and Jaden. Every single time. Scared. Someone needs to do something. I've told you this before. I hang out with mostly Republicans. That's just the nature of the beast. And in my circle, get together with the neighbors for the weekend, spend a couple hours, sit around, have a beer, play some cornhole, talk about things. It's jaw-dropping how Republican suburban women will start sentences with The government should. Oh, the government should do something about that. Oh, the government should ban that. Oh, the government should this. Oh, the government should that. Wait, what? And what's horrifying? These women sway their husbands? And both parties bend over backwards trying to get their votes. There's a new poll out from Breitbart. Suburban women strongly back Donald Trump's migration policy. And it's not, it's not about who they're backing, who they're not backing. They're such an important group, they get polled specifically now, all the time. People high up in both parties will tell you they are trying to get the suburban woman vote because that is the path to victory. Well, If the suburban women are seeking safety, and inevitably a woman seeks safety, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a mother's instinct. The ones in the suburbs really seek safety because, as we've talked about, that's why you move to the suburbs. That's why I moved, because it's safer out there. Why don't you live in the city? I mean, I'm staring out the window of the studio right now. At beautiful skyscrapers, about 10,000 restaurants, all kinds of fun things to do. So why wouldn't I live here? Because it's not as safe for my family. So a suburban woman prioritizes safety even more. Now let me ask you this. If suburban women are going to determine who wins elections, and suburban women are hyper-focused on safety, How is the government ever going to shrink? Ever. Anyone? And you're welcome to email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But I need to be clear about this. I'm not going to be in the least affected if you email me and say, Jesse, I'm a suburban woman, and I'm not like that. I'm offended. I have a saying that always will apply. Always. If it doesn't apply to you, then don't apply it to you. I don't care if you're offended. What I just said is 100% true. And even if you think you're a Republican, you sit around and you watch The View and you watch the Today Show, and what do you come away thinking you know? You think you know, if you watch those shows, that there's an epidemic of police hunting down black dudes. That's what you think you know. And false. Not a single statistical piece of information points to that. Not one. If you consume these shows, you come away thinking you know coronavirus is about to wipe out America. No, but these lockdowns are going to completely destroy our society. They will. Why do you think we have such a massive uptick in violence right now? Bored. Isolated. Jobless. We had better do something about this problem. Soon. I've tried everything underneath the sun to get myself to sleep, but here's the problem. I'm not even bagging on sleeping pills. Believe me, I've been there. I'm not bagging on them, but they're not healthy. You know that, right? You know, taking a chemical into your body is not healthy, even if it gets you some sleep. You can get natural sleep without putting harmful chemicals into your body, and it's right there in front of you. It's an ebb sleep. It couldn't be more comfortable. You put it on. It's really nice to wear. It's on your forehead. It wraps around your head. It's on your forehead, and it provides this totally pleasant cooling to your forehead area, which puts you asleep and keeps you asleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get you 25 bucks off. Chris has been looking up the ADX facility in Colorado. It's a fascinating thing if you want to look into it. There's great uh, documentaries and stuff like that that feature it. The guys do this thing where they'll put notes because they're isolated in, in the, you know solitary confinement. They'll put notes on the end of string and they'll basically fish them down to the cells. You can pass notes that way. Down. I mean, it's just fa- prison life. I find it to be completely fascinating. But there's something else coming because of this coronavirus stuff. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be shocked when it gets here and they shouldn't be. I'm about to make one of these massive predictions. And it's going to turn out to be true. And at some point, at some point, somebody's going to have to step up and say no more. 
or we're going to break. I'll tell you what's coming. Just a sec. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Many schools in the United States of America are going to have no students physically in their school for the entire next school year. I'm not reading that anywhere. It's just totally a prediction. You can see it coming. It's already brewing. You got people like Governor DeSantis in Florida saying kids have to get back to school. President Trump saying get back to school. Betsy Davos vows, as the headline from Fox News, Davos vows to have schools open in the fall. Kids have to go get back to school. I am telling you as a parent of two sons, two well-adjusted, polite, normal sons, my kids need to get back to school. They need social interaction. They need play. Outside, they need to play together. They need to roughhouse. They need it, especially boys. It is insane to me that schools don't prioritize physicalness for boys more. Boys, that is part of who a boy is. It's healthy. Kids have to get back to school. And there are so many people in this country for a variety of reasons we're going to discuss in a minute, who are so invested in not sending the kids back. And guess who the worst offender is in making sure those dadgod kids aren't going back to school? Suburban moms. I have seen it, continue to see it at my own kid's school. The head of the school, totally Switched on, locked on. Guy believes everything you and I believe. Locked in. Priorities right. Kids need this. Kids need that. He knows what's what. You can see the suburban soccer mom tyrants breaking him down as we get update after update after update. When did this happen to us as a society? When did we begin to let fear, emotion rule us? You have these suburban soccer mom tyrants are about to ruin school. You have 
Every like Michael Malice laid out, you have every single Democrat all about locking down and ruining everything because they think it all hurts Trump, which in truth it probably does. So they're going to want to lock down school. The media is going to want to lock down school, both to aid the Democrat Party and, as the saying goes, if it bleeds, it leads. Disease is big business. Let's be honest. They want the coronavirus deaths through the roof. Politicians are going to lock down school like our own Greg Abbott here in Texas, Republican politician. I'm hearing rumors already he's about to lock down the entire state of Texas for 35 days. That better just be a rumor. If not, remember, you heard it here first, and I heard it might come tomorrow. If that turns out to be true, we just broke some news on the show, Chris. I am the Oracle, Chris. That is true. And Shogun and Steel. It just depends. Doctors. Let's be honest about something here. There are a lot of doctors highly invested in keeping this thing going. And I don't mean the average doctor like the one in your town. Most of those guys are getting crushed. Some of these guys are losing their practices over, especially family practices. It's it's been devastating for business. I mean, all the quote experts you see on TV, all the experts advising this politician or that politician. And remember, someone like Greg, Greg Abbott, he's pulling the numbers too. Well, the suburban women want it locked down. Oh, my doctor friend, he says we have to. But these doctors... Who doesn't want to get invited on TV? Do you think you get invited on TV as often if you say, no, we have to get back to normal. Let's get to herd immunity. Let's move on. Do you think that gets you invited back to TV? Or do you think it's better TV to say, we're all going to die? That's what gets you invited on TV. And people love fame, man. Doctors are no different. Just because you go to medical school for 8,000 years doesn't make you any different. Doctors love attention. Doctors love the fame. There are so many forces in this society pulling us the same direction. School's not happening. Every Hollywood star with nothing to do and and an IQ of about 12, they're going to be putting it out there. Businesses that can withstand lockdowns are going to be putting it out there because who wants to get sued? And let's be honest about this mask, no mask thing. I don't care what an individual business decides. Totally your call. That's your business. I have a major, major issue with the government requiring me to wear a mask when it was only a few months ago the government was saying don't wear a mask the government doesn't have any idea what they're doing on top of that you don't have the authority in the government whether or not to tell me i have to wear something or don't wear something i don't acknowledge your authority to do so at all we are we are sliding again and we are sliding Rapidly. Rapidly. And 
I have heard this, and you need to be careful you don't fall into this trap. And I, the reason I tell you you need to be careful not to fall into this trap, it's because I have had to catch myself from doing it several times. I have heard this from people on the right saying, maybe it would be better if we got Biden just so all the noise would stop. And I understand that way of thinking. As I said, for a, for a brief moment or two, I've had myself caught up in that. Gosh, just end the madness. Elect that old idiot already. But that's their plan. Chaos. Absolute chaos. So you will seek out anything to make the noise stop. But what worries me the most about that is how common is that thinking? How common is that thinking? How many people are out there saying, just make the noise stop? Just please make the noise stop. Probably way too many, right? Almost undoubtedly way too many. And it has me very, very worried about November. It does. And so many on our side are to blame for it. You remember every Republican, well, it's just a Confederate, just a Confederate monument or at a Confederate base. And now they act shocked when they're tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus and George Washington. These people on the right who constantly give in are like a parent who has a child. And the parent who has the child, the child always asks if the child can hold a lighter. And the child says, no, I just want to see the flame for a second. And every single time they give the child the lighter, and as soon as they give the child the lighter, the child runs around the house lighting the entire house on fire. Parent takes back the lighter. Child asks again in 10 minutes. They hand him the lighter again. You're not negotiating with these people. All right, hang on. Do not get evicted from your home. Do not go to your mailbox one day, as is happening all the time now in the country, and find you're way past due on a loan you didn't take out. How did that happen? Well, I've been explaining to you how it happens. Cyber theft is the crime now. It's not a guy walking in a bank with a ski mask on and a pistol in his hand. These guys can wreck you and enrich themselves sitting behind their computer. And they get a hold of your home title, which is online. They get your signature on it. They then get a loan out against it. And you are responsible for paying it back. Don't get crushed like that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and start protecting yourself and your family's finances. You know you could get evicted from your home. It's happening to people. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code JESSE. Get 30 days free. Jesse Kelly returns next.
Remember something, and it's easy to forget this. I know I take it for granted sometimes. It's easy to forget how much it sucks to have a Democrat president. (laughs) Isn't it frustrating? I mean, Democrats are going through this now with Trump. But you forget what it was like with Obama. I remember what it was like. Screaming all the time, at least internally. It's maddening when the guy at the top, especially somebody like Obama, is so opposed to every single thing you care about because we don't really have we don't really have a Democrat party anymore that's working for the country. It used to be, and there's always been partisan divides, but it used to be, in the very least, you're going to find yourself in some kind of agreement with the Democrat president because at least the guy was working for America, right? He may have a different direction in mind than you want, but he's working for America. This Democrat party doesn't even pretend to do that anymore. Think about the Democrat Party base. Think about the last time you heard a Democrat stand up and say something wonderful about America. Any Democrat. I'm all ears. When is the last time you heard a Democrat stand up and say something wonderful about America? Obama could hardly do it when he was president. Remember, he'd he'd go abroad. And apologize for us all over the place. That party has become the anti-America party. And at least, as frustrated as I get with him sometimes, at least when you have Trump as president, at least sometimes you get some sanity. I loved this headline. I saw this headline and I was jumping for joy. I mean, on the inside. I I don't do outward emotions. I'm a dude. Headline. Democrat Governor Walls responds after Trump rejects $500 million bailout ask. Here's what happened. Minnesota's governor, Walls, Tim Walls, you remember all this started in Minneapolis, right? And the George Floyd thing and whatnot. And the looting and rioting and burning started to spread in Minneapolis. And it started to spread fast. And people all across the country were yelling at the governor of Minnesota and the mayor of Minneapolis to do something. What are you doing? Get the cops out there. Get the National Guard. What are you doing? And they were so scared of being labeled racist. And the Democrat base now is so radically insane. They wouldn't touch him. Do you remember how insane that was right after? They wouldn't touch him. They, would, they abandoned a police headquarters in Minneapolis. That happened. Can you believe that happened? The rioters mobbed and took over a police headquarters. They would take over. They took over city blocks in Seattle. And because they were way too scared to step up and stop this insanity, it only got worse and worse and worse, and then it spread across the country. And I'm sure you've seen the pictures and videos by this time. Minneapolis right now still looks like it looks like they got bombed. It does. It looks like they got bombed. Buildings burnt out, burnt down. Everything torn down. It looks terrible. Think about forgetting about the loss of life for a minute. 
Think about the monetary loss for the city of Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota as a whole by just standing back and letting everybody loot and riot and burn and murder. Think about the loss. And they were already, this is on top of the coronavirus uh, shutdowns. They're already in serious holes. All these states are already in serious financial holes. And their state, remember the states, I used to tell you this all the time during the coronavirus lockdowns, states are not like the federal government where they can just try to print their way out of trouble. A state must either meet the budget or borrow money, period, or get a bailout from the feds. It is critical, absolutely critical, that Trump continue to do this and deny money to these crazy leftist states who didn't lock down their protests. Because it is critical for the rest of the country to see the coming financial collapse of Minnesota. It's going to be beautiful. Now, what sucks is this. There are some seriously wonderful people in Minnesota, and I have a ton of friends in Minneapolis. What are they supposed to do now? You can tell you can tell them all day long, well, sell your home. You know real estate listings are up 18% in the Minneapolis area? How are they supposed to sell their home in a market like that? How are they supposed to sell their home? Everything's for sale. So if you're in Minneapolis, you're stuck there. They're disbanding the police department. The people of the city council are getting private security on the city's budget, which is maybe the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. Disbanding police and then using the city's budget to get private security. It's phenomenal. What are the good people of Minneapolis supposed to do, though? Somebody tell me. Do they even have an option? Do they even have an option? And here's the ultimate moral question, Chris. Should we completely abandon the leftist cities? What's right? I had some guy write me and he asked. He said, uh, it actually might have been Minneapolis. I forget where he was. Oh, it was Milwaukee. He wrote me and he asked. He said, hey, I've got my wife and kid here. I feel like I'm giving up, but I'm leaving and moving to the burbs. Am I doing the right thing? And I told him, you know, look, I always view things as this. Your priorities, you have to rank them. You know, God, family, country, that kind of thing. And as much as I love America, as much as I even love Texas, as much as I love all that, my family comes first. And that's the way that's always going to work. At the same time, you could tell the dude was torn up. Do I just abandon it? Because people are. The cops are retiring. I saw something this morning. There are a ton of, quote, PTSD cases now with the with uh, Minneapolis Police Department. Now, I'm sure some of those are genuine. I'm sure some of those, somebody who doesn't want to go to work. And who can blame them? I don't blame you at all, buddy. I'd be having PTSD myself. Oh, I can't do it. I better stay home. Better give me a desk job. Man, it's ugly out there. It's ugly out there right now, Chris. You know what we need to do? 
We need to talk to Brandon Darby about cartel stuff. That always brings me up. What? I like who doesn't love a good drug lord story? We need to talk to Brandon Darby about drug lord stuff. And then we need to tell a story. That's what we need. It needs to be story time today. What? I did finish the Sunroof Saga, didn't I? Oh, I didn't? Oh, well, well, look. The Sunroof Saga is this. I showed up and the cover's closed. The Sunroof Saga is finished. I'm never getting it fixed now, ever. I don't know. Well, that's the ultimate question. I don't know if it's waterproof yet. And I'm not going to know until it rains. Because as we talked, we talked about this on Friday. The only other way for me to do this is take it through a car wash or something. And that's such an extreme example that maybe it's not waterproof, and then I'm screwed. Then I have to spend the 2900 bucks. I'm not doing it, Chris. All right, time to talk to Darby. Hang on. Quote, best overall home security of 2020. That's a direct quote from the U.S. News and World Report, and they are talking about Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the next level in protecting your home. We've all done it a million different ways. I know I have. There now is a company that couldn't be more modern and convenient. You order it online when you go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. You order it online. They send it to you, you open the box, you place the sensors where you're told, and you plug it in. And I know what you're thinking, but Jesse, what else is it? No, 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 that's that's it. You're protected now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with emergency dispatch services. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping in 60 days, a 60-day money-back guarantee. Joining me now as he has so many times before, with the Cartel Chronicles, Breitbart.com's very own Brandon Darby. Brandon, I miss Andrew Breitbart, man. I miss Andrew horribly. I feel like I feel like he understood better than anybody I've ever known in the conservative movement what the left really was about and how to take them on. Is there somebody out there equivalent to him today? I don't really think there there is, but I mean, I you know, the thing is, is I think there's a, a number of different groups on the right uh, who are pushing for liberty, who have people they look up to, and um, you know, but I don't think there's anyone just like him, you know, and and a lot of that I think is because he was special, and a lot of that is that he was at the, this at a specific time uh, when. You know, social media was becoming prevalent. Um, you know, people on the right were largely afraid of this beast that, you know, the left has, this left media beast, uh, because they could destroy you and pick you off, and that's what they were doing to people. And and they said, no, we don't have to do that. And it was a time when the right really wasn't as factional as it is right now, as fractured. 
So, so he was, he was able to, you know, kind of avoid the primary fights and stick with the general election, you know, concept, um, and really get everyone on the right, the vast majority of people on the right, uh, to, to feel supported and, and encouraged by him. And, um, and that, that changed, you know, like after, you know, we're in a different time now. So I don't know that there could be, I mean, obviously there can't be another Andrew, but I don't know that there could at this time be someone in that role. Uh, because the 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 environment is not the same, you know, the circumstances aren't the same. Why? What's changed? Well, we're just really factionalized, you know. Like instead of it being, you know, left versus right, and uh, it, now it's you know a number of groups on the left versus a hundred different factions on the right. You know, um, I think that that you know the 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 Romney campaign. Um, you know, that election season was, uh, you know, that was, I think that was a, a time when you started to really see, um, you know, versus Obama. I think that was a time when you really started to see people fight each other in the primaries, you know, when it was the first time that the right was engaging in a primary where social media was very, very prevalent and, and widely used. And as we went on and then we got to the Trump election or the Trump, the, the, you know, the Trump uh, 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 race, I think that the right really divided. You know, you saw it finally tor- turned into Cruz versus Trump and the, the different factions on the right really divided, you know, and, and everyone really separated uh, during that primary. Um, and they haven't really come back together since then. You know, there's still uh, a third of Republicans who are, you know, who hate Trump and then there's, you know, the vast majority who, who either like him or, or at least appreciate some aspects of him, uh, and, and are glad that he's in there. I get enjoyment from, or maybe you think he's, he's amusing or whatever. Um, but the, but the factions are different, you know, it isn't the, the, it isn't the right versus the left right now. It's all these different groups on the right, um, who don't get along, you know, and, and, and those divisions were really exposed during the, I think during the primary season, you know, primary seasons destroy, movements really bad you know um and uh, so that's what's going on but there's a there's you know andrew was a very good friend and um and i owe almost i owe a lot to andrew and and so for me you know there 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 won't be another person like that um and there couldn't be but but i think even stepping outside of the personal um i just don't see i don't see how the you know, the, the country or the right, you know, the different groups on the right are, are in a place where any one person could unify them right now. I see, and this is just a prediction, I don't know that I'm right, I see Trump as not the end with Trump's rough style of him being the beginning as the left gets more and more radicalized and, let's be honest, violent. I see the right answering that, and I'm not saying that's a good thing by any stretch of the imagination. I just view it as being inevitable that we are going to have an absolute barbarian here before too long take over the reins because that's just the way societies go. They seek a balance in that way. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy at all. I think we're we're in a bad spot. We're in a spot where there there's a, a large portion of the country um, – I mean, you know, here's a little microcosm of that, okay? I killed this huge rattlesnake the other day, 
and I put a video of it because when I chopped its head off, it went crazy and, and it was interesting. So I put a video of it on Twitter and I got torn up by people from California. Most of them, I looked at their bios and they were, the liberals were mad at me that I would kill this rattlesnake and that I didn't capture it and relocate it, which is, is the most idiotic thing you could possibly do is try to capture a large rattlesnake. That'd be so stupid, right? Oh, like God. horrible for your life. And, just totally stupid. And that was a little microcosm of what's going on in the country. It's these people live in these circumstances in these large cities on the coast, and they think they're completely oblivious to our, our to the, everybody else's life, our ways of life in the South and in the, in, the, in the flyover country, completely oblivious to our circumstances. And they don't care, and they want us to live, and they think we should live like w- like they live in an apartment in LA. And so yes, they would call the fire department or animal control. I live in a County where we don't even have animal control, you know, because we're so rural and, and, but they're completely oblivious to that. And they want to pass laws and rules that are appropriate for them, but they don't really ap- apply to our lives and it would destroy our way of life if, if those rules were applied to us and they don't care. And so those people, um, are in a place now where not only do they want to take our firearms and have us depend on police, but now they want to hate police, and then they want to they want to support large mobs of people intimidating you to do the right thing, right? Um, uh, and using violence and fear and arson, and that's where we are as a country. So we're in trouble. Like if if people don't start standing up to it, we're in a lot of trouble as a nation, you know, and I, and I think that most people are kind of in my boat, which is, Hey, I'm, I'm over here living my life and you want me to stay uninvolved because if, if that kind of craziness comes near me and my community, like my community wouldn't tolerate that. Like what we're seeing in Seattle and other places and what we're seeing in New York and how they're treating cops. Like some of the videos I saw yesterday Ugh. of people beating up cops. Let me tell you what, if I saw somebody doing that to a, a police officer, I would intervene. I would intervene. And you know what? Most people in Texas, most men in Texas mm-hmm. would intervene also because oh, yeah. that's what we're, we do. We wouldn't tolerate that. That wouldn't fly for one second. You'd have every man in the Walmart come in and holding that dude down, helping that cop. Like, we wouldn't tolerate this kind of stuff. So we're in a place as a country where where you really can't say it because everybody's afraid to say it and get kicked off Twitter. But we're in a place where we need to start not allowing people to physic, use physical force to and arson and all that to, to intimidate us and to affect change in society. That's where we are as a country. So can somebody sprout up and, and, and uh, be that leader? I don't know. I, I don't know that it's even really that necessary. Uh, because I think most people, most fathers, um, you know, it, I'm just telling you, man, if, if a group of people surround me in my car, it's one thing. If a group of people surround me in my car and my daughter's in my car, man, we're going to have a problem, you know? Yeah, like that, all that's, my that story only ends one way. Yeah, so so that ends one way, and it's, it's not good for the people who did it. Um, and so, you know, we're in a real, we're in a bad place as a country. Um, all I can do is tell people that there, there is stuff that to look, to be hopeful about, you know, like we, we hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Can you stay one more segment today? Cause I want I'd optimism at the end and I want to know how to Let's smoke baby back ribs because I screwed them up Let's this weekend. Let's do it. All right. Hang on just one second. We'll be right back with more Darby.
miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. I love bass. When I'm listening to music, I love bass. But I also love when the voices come through crystal clear. And that's been a big problem with earbuds and headphones I've worn for a long time is I can't seem to get that clarity. Or I get the clarity and it's miserable on my ears. You know what I'm talking about. Your ear hurts so bad after a while you have to take them out or take them off. That's why I'm so thrilled about my Raycon earbuds. The charge lasts six hours. They pair to Bluetooth completely easily. I did it in like 30 seconds, and I'm not making up that number. That's about what it took was 30 seconds. And I can leave them in, and they sound so good. Whether you're listening to shows, podcasts like I do a lot, or music, which I also do. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off the already great price. We are going back to Brandon Darby, who is about to give us some hopeful, hopeful information. Brandon, give me something hopeful. Give me some optimism. Well, the good news is, is that another cartel boss uh, who was, largely unknown uh, and was exposed by Breitbart recently. He has been arrested and is being arraigned today. Uh, so that's good news. The good news is, is that, you know, we're, we're able, you know, we're able, just regular people are able to do something about the problems at our border and the problems affecting our country and the problems affecting Mexico and you know, if if uh, if you're someone out there who has a loved one struggling with addiction, or you've lost a kid because of an overdose, or all of this horrible stuff, and you feel powerless, well, you're not powerless. Uh, there are ways to fight back, and there are people fighting back against these these people who who do this and who put that stuff into our country. And so that's a success story. And another good thing is that a couple of days ago, I adopted a Mustang, a wild horse. Um, from the Bureau of Land Management. And uh, that's an interesting thing in itself. So there's all this good stuff happening too, you know, in the world. Wait, what are you going to wait? Hold on. Okay. I'm not even going to go through the adoption process because we don't have time here. What do you do now? Are you planning on riding this horse? How does one even go into breaking a wild horse? Well, you know, so the first steps isn't really, so I don't really look at it like breaking a horse. I I was just using the term. Yeah, yeah, but but like so so the first step is called gentling, and and it's just uh, spending time around the horse and and getting the horse accustomed to to my presence, and then getting the horse accustomed to my touch, uh, and then kind of going from there. So we're in that stage, and it's in the first couple of days, um, so we're in that stage of just trying to to teach this wild horse that hey, I'm not going to eat you, I'm not try- I'm not here to hurt you. You know, um, I'm also not here to be dominated by you, so don't don't get the wrong idea. Um, and and just trying to get the horse uh, gentled. And my other horse is actually really helping with that process because he sees me loving on my other horse, and so then you know he's come up and let me do the same thing to him. So it's uh, it's it's really a neat. It's just a neat process, you know. It's a it's a it's a. Uh, 
it's how, like therapy. You know, it's just super awesome to have this experience with this Mustang, and it's and it's such a piece of America. You know, like a Mustang, a, a wild Mustang, and and uh, he would have been. You know, and I don't I don't like that, but the Mustang would have eventually been. He would have been uh, euthanized probably if he were, if he hadn't been adopted. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's a good situation all the way around. How long does it take until you throw a saddle on him? And I understand the answer to that question may be impossible, but are we talking 10 years, 10 months, two weeks? How long does it take? Okay, before I'll ride him because he's a yearling, so it's probably another year before I'm starting that. But, But I'll probably have a saddle on him within the next couple of months, but just to get him accustomed to it. But it'll. It just depends on you know what happens in the world, how much time I have. Uh, um, you know, a lot of our border trips are canceled because the communities are shut down and everybody's going crazy. Um, but uh, you know, cross border trip is very difficult right now, obviously. But um, uh, because of COVID stuff, or at least because of the reaction to COVID, maybe is a more appropriate way to say it. Um, but uh, you know, just. It just depends how much time I have, but but spending about an hour a day with the horse, maybe a little more, and uh, it'll probably be, you know, I, I could probably have a saddle on him, uh, you know, a month or two, maybe. Okay. It just depends on the horse. Okay. Uh, how much does a horse eat? Um, how much does he eat? Uh, not very much. I mean, I have an excess of hay. Like I buy, I have deals worked out with other other producers. So I have, I mean, I have so much hay. Like I, you know, it it, it just depends. Uh, they don't. It's not really. The, most of the cost of having a horse is actually boarding the horse. But if you live on property and you have the facilities already, it's really not that expensive to to have a horse. You know, the you know you make sure for the most part. I mean, obviously this one's in a pen right now. Um, but you, you let them graze during the day. You give them a couple of flakes of alfalfa and a couple, you know, a scoop or two of, of good feed. And um, it's really not that complicated. You know, there's, you know, people who have horses, if you ever wanted a horse, if anyone's listening, people who have horses are generally very, if you're trying to get into the horse community and, and, have, a, and, and, and have a horse, people are generally very helpful, you know, trying to help you along so you don't make mistakes along the way. So it's really, it sounds intimidating, but it's, it's just really not. It's, it's a, I can just tell you it's, it's, you know, even just across all aspects of my life, the way I interact with things and people and situations has really been changed by building a relationship with a horse, you know? Brandon Darby, Breitbart.com, my friend. I appreciate you so much. Keep doing your thing. Hear me? Thanks, brother. Be good, my man. Darby's the best. You can tell Darby's just salt of the earth people. I can't wait to go take one of those border tours with Darby. And I told you that one day it was so great. Darby was watching, uh, I forget which network it was, one of the major networks. Oh, shoot. Hang on. I don't have enough time for it. Hang on a second, Chris. I'll try to finish it in the last one. Hold on.
You know you don't have to walk around in that fog forever, right? That fog of not sleeping. That fog of going through your day with your eyes itching and burning. That fog of just being miserable, being short-tempered, being lazy. I'll tell you, I hated that feeling, the feeling of laziness, because simple tasks seem a lot harder when you haven't slept. You don't have to live like that. There's an ebb sleep. It's right there. And look, they're so confident in what they do at ebb sleep. You can try it risk-free for 60 days. 60 days. That is incredible. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. While you're there, make sure you use the promo code jesse. That'll get you 25 bucks off, and they'll let you use their product risk-free for 60 days. Tryebb.com slash jesse. Darby's down on the border, and he watches this major network news crew cross the border legally, and they go to this area along the border. They're going to start interviewing people, and it's right across the river. Darby's on the American side of the river, and he's watching these people, and he said, oh, that's not smart. They're about to get in trouble over there. And as he's saying it, and they have all this on camera, a cartel truck rolls up to these guys and says, it's time for you to leave now or you're all going to die. And the crew takes off and goes back to America. <laughs> you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email me. I'll read them. You can catch the whole show on Google, iHeart, Spotify, and iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Talk about how handsome I am in the comments. We're just piling those up now, Chris. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl... She got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. 
That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.